Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I'm Craig and welcome to another episode of Football Kit Memories. Today I meet the host of BBC Scotland's A View From The Terrace, Craig G. Telfer. I ask Craig what it's like transitioning from the world of podcasting to TV, what it's like to work at a BBC and the charms of lower league Scottish football. During the show I ask Craig to pick out three of his favourite football shirts and tell me a little bit about what they mean to him. There's a promotional season for his hometown club Stenhouse Muir, the famous Scotland Tartan Army special at Euro 96 and an Arsenal shirt from a time where Arsenal sort of stopped being invincible. You can listen to this and other episodes of Football Kit Memories on all major audio platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please do subscribe, share, and above all, enjoy the podcast. Okay, so today on the podcast, I'm joined by TV's Craig G. Telfer. How are you doing, Craig? I'm good, Craig. Nice to see you. How's things? Mate, very well, thank you. I'm really excited to have a chat. Yeah, I'm very uh, chuffed to have been asked on, and it's uh, always good to get the chance to reminisce about your favourite kits and all the stuff that that ties in with them. So when I was thinking back, I thought, ah, this is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun. Nice, mate. Nice. So, so listen, I follow Scottish football. I'm a Scotland fan, but for anybody that doesn't, can you just give us a bit of background on who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name's uh, Craig Telfer. I uh, present a, a View from the Terrace. It's a, a weekly show that goes out on the BBC Scotland channel. We've been doing that with uh, with my, my really good mate since 2019. The show was spun off from the podcast, The Terrace. So very lucky to have, have had the opportunity to do that. And um, I support Stenhouse Muir FC. They play in Scottish League Two. Perhaps the most unsuccessful side out of the 42 no, I think definitely the most unsuccessful side of the 42 in terms yeah. of silverware and promotions and, and trophies. Never won a trophy. Uh, they've won a Challenge Cup, but never won a league title in, wow. oh, since eight, 1884. So it's a lot. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, in my lifetime, I can see the team uh, <laughs> win, win something. But given how they've been these past hundred odd years, it's uh, looking slim. <laughs> so you said, mate, so um, the terrace that you, you mentioned, that began life as a podcast and it's now transitioned or it kind of goes hand in hand with the TV show as well. Aye. How has that transition been for you in terms of moving from audio to TV? To, to begin with, it was, uh, you know, we the guys in the, the, the terrace, we'd never never done television before. I, 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 had, I had been on 
like STV Live. This but back a few years ago in 2016, I was asked I was asked on to talk about things that had been in the paper. So in terms of that, do you run for like two minutes? So that that was I think it was the only person to have experience, and even then it was a it was a tiny bit. So when the opportunity came up to to do the TV show, when when the guy from David Harren from BBC Scotland approached Craig Fowler, who's who's the, the head of the terrace, and, and said, "Can is this viable to turn this into a, a podcast?" I'd sorry, turn it into a TV show. We thought he was at it. We thought Fowler had been duped. This is guy was a confidence trickster, and he was going to somehow get his hands in Fowler's building society book. But we we got in touch with with uh, guys at Robert Borthwick, who also as a view for the terrace. He works with a production company, and they coincidentally were looking to get into television. And they set up a meeting with Fowler, and we made a pilot, which was absolutely surreal. Never in a million years thinking it would get picked up. And a couple of months later, found out we were. So it was it was incredible, and it's it's so much fun. And there's that many things on a podcast you can just talk. You know, you you can just talk, and you don't really need to necessarily think about the length or or really what you're saying. But on the television show, there's so many other things to to be aware of, like what you're wearing, how things look, what you're wearing, how it ties in with what everyone else is wearing, right. how long you're speaking for, bringing other people into the conversation. And to begin with, you're, you're doing it on a week-by-week week basis, so you're really learning on the job. And it was a bit surreal, and it took a bit of getting used to, but now I think that the four of us, five of us and Robert, we're all quite comfortable doing it, and it's, it's, it's great fun. You know, I think particularly during lockdown it's very challenging and for myself if I didn't have that I'd be stuck in the house all day like right. working than not working so the opportunity to go out and, and make a hang about with your pals talk about football and do it on the telly it's, it's amazing very very fortunate very lucky in the position that, that we're in nice so I guess like moving from a podcast to tv there's a a, a massive kind of increased level of exposure for you guys mm-hmm. as well what you guys do has there yeah. been kind of good bits and bad bits of that I suppose the good bits are having the profile, you know, to, to be asked to do something like this. That that's class. Like people get people get in touch and asking you to to appear in podcasts and do stuff. That that that's brilliant. And and like I, with Stenhouse Muir, but before the the lower leagues were shut down, I was doing the the commentary, the co commentary for Warriors TV, which oh, was amazing wow. because getting the chance to actually go and watch the football in person was brilliant. You know, very very lucky to to be able to do that. Uh, and and hopefully there might be other opportunities that, that might lead on f- from this. In fact, there was stuff I was doing again before lockdown for the Scottish FA. They've right. got a, a hospitality thing, the, the business club, where you can pay a subscription, you get a, a like hospitality in the Hamden Museum, and they would have uh, a former Scotland player, and I'd get to interview them and, and talk about, about their play, playing for Scotland. So I got to interview Kenny Miller, Darren Jackson was one. And for the, the game against Israel, which was going to be in March 2020, they were yeah. going to have Dennis Law along. And I was thinking, fuck, get a chance to interview Dennis Law. But the whole thing was cancelled because of the, the pandemic. Wow. And so that opportunity uh, didn't, didn't, ha- didn't happen. So that's the good stuff from the show. The, the bad stuff from the show, as we were talking off air, is people saying your clothes are shite online. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's quite weird, you know, you make podcasts and stuff and there's like a, a small audience for it that, that get in touch and let you know if you're doing stuff well, if you're doing stuff bad. But suddenly if you're on like like national television, that's amplified. You get a lot more people telling you that what you're saying is shite. So <laughs> getting get used to the negative comments was something to begin with. 
if yeah. you're making something you really care about with, with your friends and there's people saying, this is shite, these guys are wankers, that's difficult to, to get used to. But oh. then you just you just don't, 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 don't go looking for it. You know, don't, don't go looking for it on, on social media. And you, don't, you only take advice from the people who you would, whose opinion you would go seeking in the first place. I think, think that that's good. And it's just, it's the people, people call, people say stuff, they don't know you, you know, it's, um, it's just quite, quite difficult. I mean, it's, it's on a small scale. I don't want to give the impression that I'm um, just trying to think like, like being hounded, you know, I've got to like leave my house. Like uh, there's people waiting for me outside. It's, not, it's certainly not on that scale, but it's just sort of weird, a weird thing there to, that, that you, you get used to, but not on the whole, but a thoroughly positive experience. Fantastic. Thoroughly positive. Nice. So I think like, especially a lot of the coverage of Scottish football, obviously Scottish football is dominated by two clubs yeah. from Glasgow, from the West of Scotland. And I think what's interesting about the show and what you guys do is that you're all from out with Glasgow, right? And a lot, you yeah. all support teams that aren't part of the old firm. So is that kind of refreshing, do you think? Is that why it's been so successful and been picked up? I, I don't know. That's, that's an interesting question. I think one of the things we don't actively go out our, like, out our way to not talk about Rangers and Celtic. If, yeah. if Rangers and Celtic are doing something that's interesting and worth talking about, you have to discuss it, you know. But we treat Rangers and Celtic with the same levels of respect we would treat Montrose and Arbroath and Falkirk yeah. and Cowden Beef. If these teams are doing something interesting, then we'll talk about them. And it's, you're not like being reverential towards the old firm you're reverential to all the teams and you'll take the piss out of all the teams uh, as equally. And I think that's what people find find refreshing. We can go from one minute talking about um, Kevin Nisbet like getting a Scot- like on the cusp of a Scotland call-up yeah. to talking about Breakin City trying to avoid 10th place and, and finishing the relegation spot. And it's that, I think that seamlessness that that hasn't, and to me, surprising that it's not been done before, not really been done before on the television because there's so, there's so much richness to Scottish football out with, like not just out with Rangers and Celtic, but out with the, the Premiership. There's so many good stories. And I think that's one of the things that we're quite good at doing is shining a light in it and talking about it and perhaps introducing people to players and clubs and, and, and grounds that they might not have uh, considered before. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I I watched Football Focus, I think it was last week. They ran a piece that ran on your programme as well about yeah. Bale, the boys' club, the... the mm-hmm club that's had all those kind of hips players through a lot of Scottish footballers have come through that boys club um do you get a lot of audience outside of Scotland do you know I think increasingly so we, we there's there's people on, on social media that that that, that have just stumbled ha, stumbled across the show you know they've been so they've been flicking through the channels at night and they, they just they just happen to stumble stumble across it and, and it's great to to hear that, that people I mean it's, it's aimed at a, a Scottish audience but people from England who, who have watched it that, that that's incredible and to, to make that connection and feel like they're they're learning like like I was saying earlier learning something about teams that they they, they perhaps never even thought about like like Cowden Beef you know a great name yeah. that you hear from like the the final score you know just one of those like our abstract arcane Scottish sounding <laughs> names that you wouldn't get here for so that that's that's really good to to hear and I think that those small vi- those videos like the one about Hutchinson Vale, the one about Eriski I don't know if you saw that one about the team yeah the team that, that, that play in Eriski and which was incredible absolutely astonishing piece of filmmaking to, to see people watch that and, and connect with that that's 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 really good and I, but more so if it not not more so but it's, it's really interesting that, that people 
out with Scotland are in, are engaging with it and saying positive things about it as well. That's that's really pleasing to hear. Yeah, I, do you know what? I think BBC Scotland has done a really good job in terms of making programmes that that resonate for Scotland. I think they've done mm. a really good job in terms of like the level of quality that they do, but yeah. also kind of are you know it's available to everybody and people are mm. engaging with it. I've definitely seen that and a lot of good feedback and things. That's fantastic. No, I'd, I'd agree with you. I think, I think there's the, the fear of like a, a new like Scotland channel that it might be all, you know, the, the shortbread and twee, quite twee and tartan trousers. And, and that's not, that's not Scotland. You know, that, that's perhaps an international perception of Scotland, but that, that's not the Scotland I know. And the stuff that I have seen on the BBC Scotland channel is, you're absolutely right, is very good at representing Scotland. And it's very, very real. You know, I think a lot of the people in it are, are, are very real. And the stuff that I've watched, yeah, I found it, I found it really entertaining, very relatable as well. Definitely, mate. Definitely. So, mate, this is the last question I'm going to ask you before we start talking about football shirts. So, as I mentioned, I'm a fan of Scottish football, but obviously Scottish football, unfortunately, out with the country does get a bit of a bad rap sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, as a big advocate of Scottish football yourself, can you tell me what have the Scottish leagues got that other leagues don't? One of the things that the Scottish football has, and I'm going to—I don't like doing it—but I'm going to compare it to English football, the the Premiership, because that's readily available to, to people in Scotland, and, and that's when things happen in Scotland that that's the automatic, almost automatically, as compared to English football. But I'd say there's there's an authenticity there that's perhaps lacking from the from from the Premiership. You know, it's very. Like VAR, for instance, God forbid if that ever came into Scotland, <laughs> the the, the over-commercialisation of it, the English football is, is good to watch, but it's, it's almost like a, a pudding. You know, you would maybe have it at the end of a fancy meal, but you couldn't survive on it. Sure. Whereas Scottish football is a chicken breast, for want of a better expression. <laughs> it's, something, it's something that you need. And I do think that the grounds, there's, there's some of them are really rickety. Some of them are, are dilapidated. Some of the quality of the football is not great. But there's just something about when you're in those grounds on a Saturday and seeing the face and seeing these people connecting with this football on the pitch, it doesn't necessarily have the greatest quality. That is it's inexplicable. I can't really put my finger on, on what makes that so great. It's the sort of thing that you'd have to go and really experience. Go to like a Somerset Park or, or Central Park where Cowden Beef play. There's some, some great stuff in the terraces. And you know something, for the fact that there's not a lot of quality there, when those moments do shine, that makes it all the more special. You know, yeah. you've see, you seen some, like, watch football for, for a long time, seen some absolutely glorious moments in the most unexpected places. And that's what makes it um, particularly uh, beautiful. Fantastic, mate. Very well put. Well, once lockdown ends, I'm going to get myself some lower league Scottish football. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So uh, let's talk about some football shirts, Craig. So yeah. uh, the first kind of generic question I always ask everybody is, what do football shirts mean to you? That's a good question. I think the, the older I'm getting, football shirts are sort of tied in with fashion. I, I, think, I think that's, you know, as we're doing this just now, I'm wearing a, a Juventus top that is made by Adidas and Palace, the, the skateboard company. Very nice. And that was that, thank you. That came out in 2019 and... Uh, very unusual for like I think Palace have, have done collaboration with Umbro and Reebok and, and Adidas in the past, yeah. but certainly with Juventus, like one of the biggest football clubs in the world, that's really put that that brand on a stage. So wearing something as cool as I think it's an absolutely fantastic piece of kit, if I say so myself. Yeah. It's that, that that's really cool. I, I, but when I'm thinking back to when when you're when I was younger, certain colours, certain cuts certain manufacturers are, are inextricably linked with players and, and moments. And the kits that I've selected here, I cannot think of these, these certain players without thinking about certain football kits. Right. I, I, and to, to me, that's a sense of place, a sense of occasion that you could not imagine it happening in any other strip, particularly some of the ones that, that we're going to talk, talk, talk about later that, that I cannot in my head, imagine it taking place and anything else. So that's 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 definitely memory, uh, great moments, pleasure, disappointments. They're all linked to these football kits. All very intrinsic to football for you, then. Yeah, very yeah. Nice. So I think the fashion sort of stuff's boring because like anything can be a piece of fashion, you know. Uh, but that that's probably that's just you're, you're older, your your taste change. Football, while still very important, you don't get as caught up in it. Because you kind of realise that there's there's other things at play, whereas when you're younger and that's all you look forward to is going to the football, then that becomes inextricable. Like like football kits represent you, they represent your team. That yeah. is what, what, what these players are wearing. That is they could have, have your face on the kit. That's that's how strong it is uh, linked. But I mean Juventus is a team. Juventus don't mean anything to me. This is just a quite quite a nice strip. But the ones we're talking about, they are the ones that that are uh, seared into my uh, back of my brain <laughs> okay well let's talk about your first one so you've gone very niche with this and I like it now I gather this is your team this is Stenhouse Muir yes. it's an 0809 home shirt by Adidas yes oh. uh, 
I went for this one purely because it's the first time that Stennis Muir have actually been made by a kit of, of any real repute for, for the for the last uh, last number of years. A lot of the time it's like like Mitre, they're currently made by Ul Sport. Yeah, not the most um, not the most attractive of, of, of kits. And apparently, though, that the, the, the bigger the manufacturer, the more difficult they are to deal with. So I think that's perhaps why Stenismere have gone, got, uh, and smaller clubs have gone down a certain route. But I chose this one because this kit is linked to one of my all-time favourite moments in football. And the 0809, as we mentioned earlier, Stenismere are not a successful club. You know, never won a title, but they have won a couple of promotions. And this was the kit that they wore when they got promoted via the playoffs in 2008-2009. So that's a very, very happy uh, memory. So that's why I went for this one. So have you always been a Stennis Muir fan? I, I didn't get into Stennis Muir until I was really about 17 when I was actually finishing up at school. They're my local team, okay. Stennis Muir. But... I, I went, they had a cup run in 1995 where they beat Aberdeen. They beat Aberdeen 2-0, right. uh, which was still still the most incredible result in the, the club's history. And the whole town was caught up in that because it's a massive thing. You're, you're playing you're playing one of the, the biggest clubs in the country, a big big occasion for the town, big occasion for the club. And Stennis, we were absolutely fantastic that day. So I went to that and went to the, I think it was a quarter final against Hibernian. They lost 4-0. And I think as a wee boy, being caught up with so many people in the one place, like it's just like five minutes from your front door. I think that's incredible. But when it came to the the bread and butter, like when you're playing like Meadowbank Thistle or, or whoever, that's really not as exciting. So that doesn't hold your imagination. Right. But it wasn't until like I finished up at school, there was a guy that, that said you should come along so I was like, I had nothing else on a Saturday. Why not go along to the home game? And this is they were getting this is 2004 in the process of getting relegated. Right. And I went, and I remember thinking, how on earth can anyone watch this football? This is dreadful. This is really dreadful to watch. It's guys, guys don't look particularly fit. It's, it's guys who who I remember from my sticker albums as a, as a wee boy that you're thinking, how on earth? What are they doing here? What on earth has happened to them that they've gone up here? And I'm just thinking, this is rubbish. But weirdly, it, I went the next week and it just it changed. And it was like, this is incredible. I cannot explain. I've, I've tried many years to try and think as to, to what that change was from one week to the next. But going that second week, seeing the same people, I don't know if it was seeing the same people there. And just the, the, the standard football was still poor, but it suddenly it, the picture all completely changed for me. And it was like... Right. It was in that moment, it was like, I'm a Stennis Muir fan. And right. that summer, that was towards the end of the season when the team were being relegated. I just remember thinking, I cannot wait for this season to start, the uh, 04 05 season. I really can't, cannot wait to cut, to get the chance to, to come and see them again. And so going in pre season friendlies and watching them play Motherwell with James McFadden with the Red Mohawk, oh, wow. who was, was playing there. And, and just going like every home game that, see, that season and just thinking, this is brilliant. I am a Stennis Muir fan. And it was that from that one week to the next. That was the that was the moment. Can't explain what happened or why the, the whole picture suddenly became more vital and important. But I that's that that was it. Very nice, mate. So what what's the ground like there? How many does it hold and what kind it's, of I think it, it can hold a couple of thousand, I think about eighteen hundred, maybe. Right. 
Um, the last time it was full, we played Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup at the start of 2020. Yeah, we, we, we drew with them at 1-1 at Pataudry and got the chance to play, play them again in the replay. So it was full for that, which which was uh, which, which was incredible. Um, it's In terms of lower league grounds, if you were to begin your journey in the lower leagues, it's probably one I would say you might want to leave later on to tick <laughs> off the list. Okay. It's not the most it's not the most I- iconic. It's got a synthetic surface. Oh wow! We've got one grandstand, the Norway stand. Where Stennis Muir have got a, a group of Norwegian supporters. Right. Again, not hundred percent sure how, how they got involved, but they they, uh, they sponsor uh, players. They 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 come over once a year. They um they, they the player of the year awards got a trophy that that they, which is which is remarkable. The Norway stand, and they've got a wee bit of terracing that runs behind one of the goals, the Trist Road end, and it's it's a perfectly perfectly appropriate ground for where Stennismere are and, and what they need. When it's sold out, like games against Aberdeen and Scottish Cup, games against Falkirk, th- then it's, it's bouncing. You know, you can get a right good atmosphere. But most of the time, it's about four or 500 people there for right. it. And it's, per- it's, it's perfectly nice. Perfectly nice. But I'd say, yeah, maybe you want to go to your Cowden Beasts and your, your Breakins and your, your Montrose before... Stenisphere is quite like further down, further down the list in that regard. Okay, well, hopefully we catch one of those with Stenia playing away there or something. Yeah, definitely. Nice. So, mate, let's move on to your next shirt. Uh, this is one that a lot of people will know, a lot of people remember. It's the Scotland, it's the Tartan shirt by Umbros from Euro '96. Tell me more, mate. This one, when we said there, there's players that are inextricably linked to this shirt, this 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 shirt is Ali McCoist. Yeah, that this shirt is Ali McCoist. <laughs> When we made the the pilot for a view from the terrace back in July two thousand, July or August two thousand eighteen, the set is very different. The, 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 the set for the pilot is very different to the finished one. We had a lot of like old football kits up. We can't do that for copyright reasons okay. for, for this one. But the, the the set for the pilot, all these kits, all these memorabilia, and one of the ones they had a tartan Scotland shirt with McCoist nine in the back. And I remember looking at that shirt and just thinking, this is just pure Ali McCoist and. I would have been 10 when Scotland played in, in Euro 96. And I remember, for first sort of memory of tournament football was the 94 World Cup. And I remember I had a VHS, or a highlights VHS that I used to watch at my grand's house all the time. You know, you, you go to your grand's house, you watch the same thing yeah, over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah. That was a USA 94. But the 96 one was the first one I can sort of remember, like active, because obviously Scotland weren't like actively having something that you really care about and and I remember um, it would have been the second game against England I remember watching this up at my, my dad's friend's house so I mean my dad my brother my dad's friend his son the six of us uh, sorry the five of us were there there's parts that I, there's parts that game that I can remember I remember one bit in particular and it was the when Scotland won their penalty when right. Gordon Dury was brought down and I remember my dad celebrating like 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 I've put a foot in my face celebrating, celebrating. Then Gary McAllister stepping up to take the penalty, David Seaman saving it, the corner being cleared, and then Paul Gascoigne, like like going from going from high as a kite one second to 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 thinking you're going to tie the game to to think, well, well that's it. You just lost a, a world-class player scoring a world-class goal. Yeah. Like that, flicking the ball over Colin Hendry's head and finishing. And, and thinking and just being disappointed, but being more disappointed after seeing my dad and his friend's reaction. <laughs> and at the end of the game, him just saying, 
he's like, son, this happens all the time. And <laughs> this is Scotland, you know, son, get used to it. <laughs> that's it, you know, something that you don't appreciate it, but he's like 100% right. That's exactly <laughs> what it's like. Never, never get your hopes up about anything. And I just remember, like, the that was very disappointing. But the next game against Switzerland, beating them and Ali McCoy scoring a really good goal from, yeah. from, from just outside the area. So that shirt, that tartan shirt, that sort of purpley blue shirt, yeah, linked to Euro 96. And, and sort of like, you tie that in with, maybe you can tie that in then with a sense of, like my own sense of Scottishness and my own sense of nationality is that there's good moments, but v- peppered in with a lot of disappointment. <laughs> that's probably a metaphor for life, actually. Maybe that's what it's like supporting a lower league team, yeah. is that it's like for life, you get a handful of good moments, but most of the time it's an absolute slog. And I think that's perhaps a, a handy handy metaphor for, for life itself. Very Maybe. Good. Very good. So how do you feel about the upcoming game against England in the Euros uh, this year? Uh, I think that Scotland will be in for a very, very difficult game. I mm. think that England, England as an attacking force, are really, really impressive. I think they've got some of the, the most exciting forwards in European football, like Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, Phil Foden coming through, Raheem Sterling, Harry, Harry Kane, such a good player. Yeah. And I think that we're really going to have to be in our metal to defend against that because these, these guys are really good. However, when you from, from goalkeeper, don't think England are particularly well stocked in goals. Nick Pope maybe is the best thing. And even then, he's sort of playing at mid-cut, like lower, lower yeah. level in the Premiership. The yeah. defence, if you think back a couple of years ago, England having like their back, like Ashley Cole's best left back I, I think I've seen in my lifetime. Guys like Saul Campbell, John Terry, Rio Ferdinand, brilliant some, and some fantastic central midfielders. To so much to the point that Paul Scholes couldn't, you know, was marginalised in that England team because he was, he was so good. To think then that it's like now there's not a lot to be excited about as an England fan. And I think that maybe, maybe guys like John McGinn and Scott McTominay, they're having right good seasons. Billy Gilmer, who's emerging at Chelsea. Lyndon Dykes, who seems to be doing okay at Queen's Park Rangers. If these yeah. guys are on their game and can get in about it, maybe Scotland can do something. But I'm going in there that just uh, happy to be participating. As long as we give it a good go, that's the most important thing. Temper the excitement and you won't be disappointed, mate. You know something exactly, exactly. That's it. But pessimist is never disappointed. <laughs> exactly. So, mate, your final shirt is the Arsenal home shirt. I think it's used for two seasons, 06 to 08 by Nike. Yeah. How could you pick this one? Uh, my my English team is Arsenal. Uh-huh. I've actually been fall. I say I say falling. I've never actually been to a game. I feel a bit embarrassed when I when I say I support and I'm using massive air quotes there right. support Arsenal but like I, I've been following Arsenal since like 1997 like a lot longer than I followed Stenhouse Muir the game a video game I don't know if you played it, it was Premier Manager 97 yes. and yes. The, the PlayStation you could finish a season in an hour you know it's not yeah. exactly like Football Manager now where you spend like half an hour arranging your team going into games and fixing it, it did not have the same level of complexity as that yeah but I went Arsenal in that and in fact, I actually went Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool and Newcastle and just transferred all the best players over to, to Arsenal. So I cheated uh, playing it. I've liked that. I've always, Arsenal's been my team since then. And I, looking back, probably didn't appreciate how good they were under Wenger, the, the late 90s into the early 2000s. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, Invincibles, you know, Terry Henry, Robert Pires, Saul Campbell, like world-class players playing this Arsenal team but I find I find this Arsenal team more fascinating because they were 
supremely talented guys who went on, to, well, guys who had brilliant art players for Arsenal went on to win, sadly, win trophies elsewhere. But how close they came to winning a, a league title. And you, when you look at some of the names in that Arsenal team, the guys like, you know, uh, Robin Van Persie, Seth, Seth Fabregas, my all-time favourite Arsenal player. Yeah. Um, Alexander Hleb was playing playing in that team. Bakary Sanya, um, like Matthew Flamini was coming through at that point. Gilberto Silva was still playing. Emmanuel Adebayor, really, really good players and thinking that they'd have a really, really good chance of winning the league. And it, I was actually looking back through the scores and you're going back to February 2008, the, the game against Birmingham, where uh, Eduardo De Silva's leg was broken early on by Martin Taylor. And William Gallas, who was the captain, thrown that tantrum uh, yeah. when they conceded a penalty late on and sit in the centre circle and then drawing, like they drew the next three games, lost to Chelsea, then lost at Manchester United and ended up finishing in, in third place. And you're thinking, that was such a huge opportunity to win a league title. And then for, for Arsenal under Wenger, then it became next season. Next season they'll do it. Yeah. Next season they'll do it, and it never, it never happened. And then his, his sadly, his towards the end of his time became a bit toxic. The sort of division between the between the supporters. But yeah. that season and that shirt, that's the glorious failure. You, you know, that's why I like it so much. That these guys were incredibly gifted group of players who weren't able to weren't able to deliver. So there's a bit of a theme here with these three shirts and. Well, to be fair, the Stennis Muir one was glory. They won the playoffs there, but the Scotland ones and the the, yeah. the Arsenal ones, no, they were the sort of the Scotland ones just because it was a, a great game. But the Arsenal one is that's the really that season with that group of players. You think how on earth and some of the football they played as well. How on earth did this this team not win uh not win a cup? But it's that that's it. That's something so good. Something comes so tantalisingly close, mate. Well, there you go. Well, mate, that's an amazing three choices. Thanks so much. No, thank you for having me on, Craig. That was really good to get a chance to talk to you. Oh, mate, great to speak to you too. So, mate, what uh, what should we look out for from you coming up? Uh, every Friday, please, uh, half past 10 on the BBC Scotland channel, a view from the terraces on. Uh, there's loads of great stuff there to bewitch and enrich you about, about Scottish football. We just like having a laugh talking about, I'd say, all the teams. There's only uh, 22 playing at the moment. Yeah, but just doing that and and uh, just 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 enjoying it ourselves. And if you uh, if you like Scottish football and you like um, if, if you like hearing something a wee bit different, this might be the show for you. Very nice. And I'd recommend listening to your guys' podcast as well, the Terrace. Yeah, it does the other thing as well. Yeah, the Terrace is good. There is content going out on a daily basis from there, be it on the main show or the Patreon. So there's tons of stuff in there to 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 keep you entertained. Lovely stuff, mate. Thanks so much. No, thank you, Craig. That was, a, that was a real pleasure. Great, great, great to talk to you. So, there you have it. Massive thanks to Craig for sharing his football kit memories with me. You can follow me, my own collection on Instagram, or get in touch via Twitter or email. Make sure you follow Craig too, tune into the Terrace podcast, and catch a view from the Terrace on an iPlayer. Yeah, you might have noticed a new tune. It's produced by an artist I've listened to since I was a kid. His name's Evil Ed, and I've linked out his Bandcamp profile in the notes section. Give him a listen, and better still, purchase some of his music. And other than that, I guess that's it. Until next time, I'll see you later.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 